Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. about the fact that you just distracted my dog by putting almond butter on your floor yeah straight to the floor because a plate would click (laughs) look at him he's so happy he's so happy everyone has seen a dog with peanut butter archie with almond butter the floor is their plate yeah the floor is a plate i see no reason to put their food in a bowl when you can just put it on the floor and it's going to be gone and they're going to clean the floor. Do you think he feels like he's like a wild cave wolf right now? Like eating, you know, off the floor of his, you know, cave? I, it's crazy. Yeah, I do. Because I do see a lot of dogs who have been domesticated still have that deep lizard brain inside them. Uh-huh. And when it comes out, it's almost like a like a moment where they scare themselves because they don't know where that... Yeah. thing came from oh yeah the first time I heard Archie howl I was I had walked out to go to work and I came back and he didn't know I was coming back and so I got to hear him like ooh, like a wolf like a real full-on like howl at the moon and it was heartbreaking and also chilling and really kind of cool yeah was it heartbreaking because you could see that he's a dog that lives in your house and he has like bigger bigger feelings inside him than what's possible well and he was howling because i had left like it was a heartbroken howl of like missing me oh yeah it was intense damn yeah that's wild hey should i hit this yes you should definitely hit that because we did talk about it do you feel anything i do i feel like i'm not making like uh yes what do you think (coughs) it's delta eight just for anyone listening. Will you talk We're, while I hit it? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we talked last episode about how I would uh, I would try it on air and then see how the pod goes while I'm high on uh-huh. Delta 8. Will you talk for a second while I hit this? Totally. So I um, am learning about Delta 8 right now because I'm actually going to be writing about it. And there's a great piece that was actually just published on Rolling Stone that you can go and read that kind of like breaks down what it is and where it's why it's sort of legal and available right now. But basically, it's so everyone knows THC. That's technically delta-9 THC. Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol is the name of the molecule. This is delta-8, meaning it's just like one chemical bond off. So it's very, it's like analogous to THC, but because it's sourced from hemp, they can get around it being legal because it's, you know, even though it does get you high... Love a loophole. Coming from hemp, it's, it's okay under the Farm Bill, the 2018 Farm Bill, which legalized hemp for sale. So what they're doing with delta-8 is they're extracting it from hemp and they're making it into um, isolate that they're using in edibles. And this is a pen that we're hitting that has oil. And it's... I feel it. It works. I like it. Yeah. I'm high. It's very chill. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a lot... Like, I took a big rip, and I'm not as high as I expected to be, which is nice. Right. Because well, it's, it's not, not THC. THC. Yeah, yeah. It's not Delta 9 THC. It's But it is THC. It's Delta 8 THC. Love a loophole. Yeah, right? Lo- yeah. What a fun way to play God for the right reasons. And I know... <laughs> I always know when I'm stoned when I have that moment, and I walk into the kitchen, and I opened your fridge, and I was like, ooh, pickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bite into this right now. Mom, nothing like a cold pickle. Yeah. It's like the greatest thing in the world. I agree with that. Usually I'm such, um, I'm so room temp all day, everything, but a pickle has to be ice cold and crisp. Mm-hmm. So important. Just like a dirty martini with an olive in it. It all, like, mm. what is a pickle? It's a cucumber that's been pickled, pickled right? 
Oh, that's not fair. It's Delta 8. Works great. Cucumber gets to take the whole world. World. It does work great. The whole word, even though other things can be pickled. No, there's lots of other pickles. You can have pickled anything. That's what I'm saying. Oh, but you're saying just the word pickle only refers to a pickled cucumber. Right. And otherwise you have to say the pickled thing, like pickled onions, pickled radishes, pickled carrots. Yeah. It's a fucking pickle monarchy. Oh. There's only one, only one, what's the Highlander quote? There can be only one, (laughs) and it's a cucumber. Speaking of Highlander... Oh shit! Let's get into that's that. That's a good tie into our uh, our conversation about tartans and Scotland. And we heard from our friend Stuart. Thank you, Stuart, so much for getting back to us. That there are tartans all over the world, and there is. Um, so we were actually like in the ballpark. We were talking about how it sort of identifies a clan, and he said, "Yes, many Scots get a kilt with their clan tartan when they've stopped growing because they're so expensive to buy." You usually get one for graduation or your wedding. And then he posted a picture. He said, my mother-in-law made one for my youngest when he graduated preschool. And there's a picture of the two of them. Like, it's just so sweet. We'll throw it on our uh, IG for this episode. Yeah. And then Stuart says, "Uh, Mike doesn't need MJ's Scottish heritage to get his own tartan. There's even a Japanese tartan. And he included a, a link to the tartan register. That's so cool. I do want to make my own tartan for my own family because I've got a circle that I really care about. And the idea of a gift of a thought out tartan that is about us. Mm -hmm. What a cool way to give somebody and show you care. It's amazing. I think it's not just a matter of designing it. You also, to be able to register it, you have to actually have it woven to a certain specification from a certain number of threads. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Oh, good. So no bozo like me can be like, here's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be it's going to be a six-pack, a taquito, a blockbuster video card. You know, it's just a pattern of lines, right? I know, but I was thinking Family Crest, and I went too deep, and I was like, there's oh. no turning back from that, so I'll just finish the bit. Um, but I would love to have like a personalized tartan. It does sound expensive. Like lavender, neon pink, and lime green. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. those colors that I've been seeing you rock, and you look. I think you look so good in them. And I love seeing like guys in bright fucking colors. And just I saw a lavender suit walking down Melrose the other day in the front window of a store, and I was like, I think Mike would look really good in that. Thank you. Like a full on, you know, two piece. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And also, thank you, Stuart. Uh, yes. Uh, tartans are pretty red, and I see them. It would be so great to go see them as a part of. Uh, I'm sure there's a tartan museum that you can go to somewhere yo, in Edinburgh. Come on, COVID. Yeah, get be. out of here come so on. we Fuck can. Fuck you, do COVID. This. Let's, I need to go places and see shit. <laughs> I'm lonely. I miss my. So I like you so much, Mike. I'm so glad we do this together. I'm so glad we've quarantined together and had this whole time together. But man, I miss my friends. <laughs> Guys. Okay, got that out of my system. Well, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Well, now I'm mad at you, but welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. (laughs) This was a podcast about comedy, culture, cooking, cannabis, and calling shit out. Now it's about a fight that I just started. (laughs) It's about my clan versus your clan. Gibson versus Glazer. Gibson versus Glazer, yeah. Yeah, I would pay to see that fight. Fucking UFC. You want to go? Who do you think would win? In, a, in the squared circle? In the octagon? Yeah, if you and I went head-to-head, toe-to-toe, fist-to-fist. I, I would beat the shit out of you. Absolutely not. Do you know how insane I am? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bite. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I am not about to get my ass kicked by you. I will, I, will, I will gouge your eyes out. I will, like, rip off your ear. I will kill you. God damn, this yeah. is getting there. Let's go. Yeah. For charity. <laughs> One person survives. I'm just kidding. I would like take one hit and go down really slowly. That is true. That would be funny. Would like as you fall, slowly. I would be able to hit you like nine more times before you hit the mat. Yeah, that's great. And then I would totally bounce once, 
enough up so that you could hit me again. I'd be like a weeble. <laughs> Did you have a weeble when you were a kid? Of course. Yeah. Totally. That's, that would be me. And I would be unbeatable because weebles may wobble, but they don't fucking fall down. So I would be like the weeble of the ring and I would win every fight because I'd be standing at the end because I'd just bounce back up. Rocky six. Yeah. Mary Jane versus Rocky. Because <laughs> just like when he fought Drago, it's like, he won't go down. He's like a piece of iron. And for you, it's like, she won't go down. She's a weeble. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> the best movie. Yeah. A yeah. weeble who like bites and rips your ear off. <laughs> like a feral cat. God damn. Hey, can I get a Tate's now that I'm high from this oh, Delta 8? Oh my God. We have so much to talk about right now. Yeah. This was the week of packages. It was amazing. I Man, so, so nice. Well, for, I we got to crack into these Tate's, but I first want to just shout out uh, the pickle that I just crunched into because that came in a package from Katz's Deli in New York. I mean, it was fucking amazing. My sister sent us a package that was like Reuben sandwiches, just everything you need, like the rye bread, the Swiss cheese, the Russian dressing, sauerkraut. sauerkraut Two packages of pastrami, fucking pickles, everything. It was amazing. Thank you so much, Caroline. I am going to be embarrassed about this, but I don't care. I don't like Jewish delis. I have never liked them. I don't find the prices, meals, food, vibe, anything appealing about them. Exception to the fucking rule is this Katz's Deli package from your sister, because I now I get it. That I've never had the pastrami that was like that pastrami before. I oh usually think pastrami's fucking disgusting. Like, yet, like, it, like it's so to me. Jewish deli sandwiches are fucking gross. It's it's a pound of meat on a tiny bread. It's almost like a fat man in a small hat. They're very fatty too, and they're yeah. so fatty. Yeah, that brisket is all gook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But blah, like that pastrami sandwich that we had was incredible, and I stand corrected on my deli stance. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been spoiled for life now because I think that's kind of it. Like, that's the pinnacle of the pastrami sandwich that you can have. It's like, you know, delivered to your home so you don't have to leave. You don't have to put on hard pants. <laughs> and you fucking heat, you plunge the meat into, in its package, into boiling water and then cut that open and it spills out. And it's all like hot and juicy. And oh, my fucking God, it was such a great package. I... I don't know. Where <laughs> that words. I'm going to open these tates. Oh, yeah. Quick. Hit them tates, please. Because this was another package. I don't like how high I am from this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You were unexpectedly high from I'm it? just like a little, like in about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. I'll be in the pocket and yeah. I'll be cooking with you. Yeah. But right now, there is like a rug over my fucking mind <laughs> and i'm not enjoying it if i'm gonna be you were straight quiet up. for a second there yeah it's funny because i'm about 10 minutes ahead of you because i did a big rip like 10 minutes before we started recording and i feel great but i definitely needed that moment of adjustment you know you always need that moment to kind of just settle and totally. allow it to like you know allow the fog to you know dissipate or take over or whatever it is yeah it's almost like my body needs to process the thing right and then once it processes it i'm I'm like Mario star on top of things. Uh-huh. But until then, like right now, I do feel like I'm a dinosaur dragging a w- wheel that the Flintstones are riding in. Very slow. <laughs> very hard to think. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to eat this Tate's because thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank you so much. So week of packages, we had a package arrive from a listener and man, it it's I, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened. It, it was like full of treats. There's Tate's cookies. There's maple syrup. There's raw honeycomb. There were crystals in hand knit pouches. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's so incredible. It truly like 
made my fucking day. It's making my day again today. We opened it yesterday and I've just been thinking about it all day and coming over and recording and like getting into the fucking bounty. And one of my favorite things was uh, a Polaroid that our friend included. <laughs> and it's a pol- so the note on the back says, I was stoned and I wanted to recreate the iconic weed and grub photo of you two, but all I had were a million plants. This is the final product. Ha ha ha. Featuring my fave bong and a carrot cake I made front and center. And it's a recreation perfect recreation of that picture that our friend Lauren Hurt took of us. Yep. And it's got every fucking element except it's like a bong and a cake instead of us. That is Weed and Grub. <laughs> I, I would argue that they're equal in perfectness. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely Weed and Grub. It's amazing. There's like Cheez-Its. There's Brussels sprouts. There's It's fucking everything. I think I'm the bong. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm the carrot cake for sure. <laughs> yeah, look at me. Come on. <laughs> I Man. am a carrot cake. A carrot cake in human form. I like, like I that. pretend to be good for you, but I'm really just a bunch of like fucking cream cheese icing that's just so sweet and good. You're good for me. You think? Mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, think good. So. Oh, you got to think about it. I well, do. I'm glad you feel that. Yeah. Good. You're Man, good for me. Man, these tates, best cookie on earth. Can I have one, please? No, they're I don't too damn think far so. Away. Yeah, that, isn't over. that crazy how they're over here? Oh man! Wow, and the, they are in they... my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Not sharing. Come on. <laughs> The note on the Tates was that this is um, our friend's favorite uh, cookie. We got... It's um, the best one. It's perfectly thin. It's perfectly buttery. It's perfectly crisp. It's perfectly gooey. And you could eat a rack of them. I had never fucking had one until super recently. I can't believe I'm learning about Tates at this stage of my life. It's never too late to Tate. That's true. It is never too late to Tate. See what I'm talking about? Yeah, like six podcast, minutes in, Tate. I'm cooking again. <laughs> sponsor our podcast. Tate's, please. Tate's Bake Shop. It's never too late to Tate. <laughs> that one's free. <laughs> that That's one's also free. all we got. Or you can just mail us a check. That would be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just take random checks. You know, we could set up a Venmo or a Cash App. The worst type of business. We kind of come up with everything and then ask for a bit of money yeah. after we do we, something cool. We say stuff about you on our podcast and then we ask you for money. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I'm sure there's some business model that actually does work like that. Yeah, maybe. Isn't that what influencers do? I don't know what influencers do. (laughs) We live like lunatics. This is, you know, we're definitely 100% ourselves at all times right now. Yeah, but there's so many people out there who have been in quarantine this whole time who have become such perfect butterflies of self. And everything that I've been doing in this apartment alone, I stand by most of it Mm -hmm. because I got the time to become me. I dig that. So, you know, putting peanut butter on the floor, Mm -hmm. 100%. I want to hear the weird things that you started doing during quarantine that now you're also kind of like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Why was I doing anything else before? Yeah. Like, are you putting your dog in diapers, maybe? Maybe. Is that a thing that you're doing because you don't want to go outside, so you put your dog in diapers? Oh, right? no. Would you do that? <laughs> Absolutely. That's cool. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. Not to Archie Moo. Look at him. He's looking at me. He's like, you wouldn't fucking dare. I'm trying to think of the things that I've done that are... Oh, you know what it is? What? Because I've been here so much, I'm just done putting my uh, utensils back into the utensil drawer. Oh, They yeah. just live in the dish rack, and I just yeah. rotate the four over and over. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything in any drawers. Yeah. at all anymore because i just live here and it all just goes from like <laughs> mouth to sink to rack to mouth 
Yeah, I feel you on that. I did laundry two weeks ago and put it on my couch. It is still on my couch. It's what are you going to put? Two weeks. Yeah. Like, what am I going to fold it and put it away? It's insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, I don't have anyone else coming around to like look at my laundry and judge me. So I've just left it there and I've kind of like picked pieces out of the pile. You know what I've discovered though, which is actually really fantastic because I'm going to do this soon. I want you to hold me accountable. I want to get rid of, I think like two thirds to three quarters of my clothing. My dick just got hard. That's so exciting. <laughs> Isn't, does it like, I just need to purge. Like when I do fold and put everything away, I go back to the same three things that occupy one quarter of the drawer and looking at everything that's been on the couch in this sort of like, it is folded. I mean, I will say like I did fold, well, some of it's folded. Does that make you feel better to say on here? Oh God, I'm just lying to myself. It's a fucking heap with a couple folded things in it. But anyway, I, I just look at it and I haven't been going to the pile because I don't really wear any of that stuff. Like... Either it doesn't feel good on my body right now, or I just don't like it anymore, or whatever. And I figure I could just like maybe shed some of that stuff. That sounds great, right? Yeah, I think I think especially not. Uh, I'm going to put you on blast, but I'm not going to care about it because oh. we try and be honest on here. <laughs> okay, you have so much cool stuff, mm. but it's so much stuff. Yeah. And so when you say I want to get rid of three quarters of this, I'm already making a checklist of things that I want to hold up in front of your face and be like, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? And if you say yes to them, great. If you end up getting only a quarter of those things out of your life, I think you're going to feel amazing. Yeah. And I agree. To the laundry point, one of my favorite things that I've done all quarantine is falling asleep on my clean laundry at night Mm -hmm. is a dream come true. I think that there are hoodies in my collection that are more comfortable than any fucking pillow to sleep on because of all the nooks and crannies and crevices your ear gets new support every time you lay on a hoodie in a different way Uh your head is inside of these weird pockets of fabric in a way that a pillow does not lend to you it's a really nice sleep on top of a sweatshirt or hoodie i feel like that is a very dude thing to say i i think like the pillow game might be like a really good pillow game. I don't know many um, women who don't have like the pillow game on lock and you're over here sleeping on hoodies. Yeah, it's true. You know? I am sleeping on hoodies. I like it more. I think it's It's more fun for your head and you get different support. You have weird pillows. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Yeah. Are you saying that I wouldn't be sleeping on my hoodies if I had pillows that were good? If you had like super awesome pillows, I think you would use them. I tried. Target. You did? No, Target. Not Target. Where do you get a pillow? Um, I don't know. Brooklyn and Kmart. Ikea. I have no idea. You're making fun of me without having a solution. I inherited mine from a friend that I bought all my bedding from when I moved to LA with three suitcases. I've accumulated everything that I have right now, all the stuff, since I moved to LA. Because you came here with a suitcase and a dream. Yeah, suitcase and a dog and a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, and now you have a whole house of things. Now I have a whole house full of stuff. I'm ready to get rid of it. It's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, I know. I'm ready. Cool. (laughs) Or you you just like... Help me. Yeah, or I'll I'll burn your house down. (laughs) Let me just burn your house down. You help me clear all of my shit out, and then I will take you to Ikea, and we will get like a great pillow for you, or wherever it is that we can get. Someone write in and tell us where to get a good fucking pillow. I don't know. I do know that Natalie just bought um, really good sheets from L.L. Bean for for what that's worth. I'll try Ikea. Okay. Because I need chairs, and I need a lamp, because I don't have either. Yeah. Man, if anyone saw the way I lived. Let's move on to the news. It's spare. (laughs) (laughs) It's spare, but it's great. Thanks. You want to do the news? Let's do the news. Okay. This week I'm reading the news, which feels really cool because this is a really cool thing going on. So Grubla this, Gazette. the Grubla Gazette, 
marijuana moment is where we're getting this from. And the Democratic Senate leaders have announced steps to federally legalize marijuana in 2021. Hell yes. So what does that mean? Possibly a lot of talk. We'll see in the coming weeks. But three people in Congress want marijuana reform. Those three people are Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who uh, I go, I call him Chucky, but he doesn't like it. Uh, <laughs> Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden and Senator Hell yeah, Corey, get it, homie, Booker. Corey fucking Booker. Putting his money where his mouth is at all yeah, times. I really been, appreciate he's him. He's been crucial in um, agitating for legalization. So I don't like how I read their names. I tried to put jokes in. They didn't work for me. But in a joint <laughs> statement, they said, it is necessary to right the wrongs of this failed war and end decades of harm inflicted on the communities of color across the country. But that alone is not enough. They are pushing for federal legalization in the coming weeks. They will have cannabis reform legislation that will hopefully turn the page on this sad chapter in American history, while undoing the devastating consequences of these discriminatory policies. Wow. Big words early in Biden's administration Mm -hmm. from people who have the actual ability to make it fucking happen. Yeah. I did not see this coming. You didn't. I did not. I thought it would be year one COVID and Mm -hmm. getting people back to work and like out of poverty and debt and all of the insanity Mm -hmm. year two would be actionable change, Mm -hmm. gun control, cannabis space, like real legislation that we need once COVID is under control. Mm -hmm. But for them to be like, fuck it, let's do this right now and maybe stimulate the entire American economy while we get COVID under control is a very fucking exciting thing that I should have seen, but didn't expect. It's fucking awesome. I mean, there are there was a market watch um, story about this because there the cannabis stocks shot up as soon as um, Schumer announced that he was leading the drive for the reform. Like, I think it's just it's incredible news. It will hopefully move quickly, um, and I think it's yeah, it's just great news for everyone. I wanted to um, also mention that um, in this uh, article that it shouts out that Ka- uh, Kamala Harris. Um, was supporting the Moore Act last year. Oh, good. That, you know, passed in Congress, but then died in the Senate. So, yeah. you know, there's been support from the vice president for legalizing cannabis. And um, hopefully this will just go through under the new administration. It's a very big deal. Um, if you're on Clubhouse, you know how everyone is talking about this and their concerns with what the legislation may look like. And for me, it's a little too early for those speculations to, to get all riled up about things that aren't in front of excuse me, in front of my face. But I will say, um, I hope that the legislation takes care of the people who got it here and not the other way around. And I think that is something that is, that's kind of the only way it's going to pass. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit actually about something that happened? Um, We don't need to get too into it, but on that note of like respecting the people who founded the movement and got us where we are, I was in a meeting recently, like a, you know, sort of like a Zoom thing, and there was this person, he was talking about, like, he was making fun of stoners, and he was sort of like, you know, saying like, And he also has an institute for them. Yeah. What? His business, if we're not going to name names because you don't want me to, is like, he has an institute dedicated to cannabis. Right, right, right. And so he was just being super fucking disrespectful to the people who, like, built the fucking cannabis movement that this guy's profiting off of, and it really made my blood boil. Because it reminded me, you know, it's just been going on for so long. Like the stoner stigma, the stoner stereotype is what everyone fucking perpetuates. When cannabis cannabis was declared an essential because it is a fucking essential. People are making so much money off it. There's, It's a fucking billion dollar industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Like it's not 
this stoner, like, yeah, bro. And the way he was sort of just so fucking disrespectful. It made me think of when, um, uh, in like 2014, I think there was this like new, you know, weed PR firm back when it was all brand new because it was just going legal in like Colorado and Washington. And there was this weed PR firm in Denver and they were like, we're going to abolish the stoner stigma stereotype because it's like nobody wants that anymore. And it was like, what are you talking about? Those are the people who got you here. Fucking, re- You don't have to do that. You don't have to like. But erasure is insane. But don't fucking pretend that those people didn't fucking give you what you're now making a career out of. Like, please, these people who you make fun of, who like live off the land and wear tie dye and, you know, like just you don't understand, have made an entire fucking thing legal for you to profit off of. So have some respect, please. Like, respect the stoner. Yeah, I didn't like what he was saying too because I've seen it so many times with cult leaders where if you talk down and destroy and talk shit about the thing that got you there, then mm-hmm. all of these acolytes move over to you yeah. as the voice of reason who is like the woke change that we needed in the culture mm-hmm. instead of saying there's room for everyone. And I hate this divisive yeah. cut people out so that you feel better about yourself and you stand on top of a hill bullshit yeah. that you see you know, in every industry and in every corner of the world. But when it comes to the one that we're in and I care most about, like get the fuck off the hill, dude. Yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. Like I've seen so many brands announce and be like, we're going to be the new, you know, elite luxury. We're going to veer away from stoner culture. And then they fucking fold and fail because they suck. And they're making some like they're ostracizing someone else and saying, you know, that that part of the culture shouldn't exist anymore. When you know what's fucking thriving and is part of stoner culture? Cookies. Like that brand, those fucking like burner and those guys, like they are like of the culture. They are fucking making those, you know, seed drops, like supreme drops. They're making that shit fucking cool. They're making it real. And they've embraced all the people who got them there. They're not saying like, we don't want your fucking hippie bullshit. They're like, we're just going to do it our own way. And we embrace the people who love weed. We love the community. We're here for you. Yeah. So get your elite luxury bullshit, fear away from stoner culture nonsense talking points off the fucking page. Like that's not what we're doing here. There's room for everyone. There's room for everyone. That's the best thing about weed. There's room for everyone. There's room for like the senior in Florida who wants to treat her rheumatoid arthritis. And there's room for like, you know, that 22 year old who just has ADHD and needs to get through their exams. And there's room for people who just want to fucking unwind at the end of the night and watch game of Thrones after having fucking fast acting weed chocolate, which I did this weekend. And Oh my God, (laughs) it's a good show. so surprised yeah game of thrones is good i was like oh i get it now i get it i, I was get like, it oh it just took getting kind of stoned and just giving it a minute that's I, yo there know? are so many things that need one of us haven't seen or neither of us have seen uh-huh. and i feel like again just like whatever the tate slogan was we said earlier like if the slogan for binge worthy tv that everybody's already about that we missed the boat on if the slogan was just get stoned and give it a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I would have seen The Sopranos by now. I'd have seen Game of Thrones by now. I'd have seen um, The Wire again. I love The Wire. What, whatever the next binge thing is. All of the things that we division. I've yeah. never seen Dexter. Maybe I should just give it some weed and give him it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like I'm like nine episodes into Game of Thrones now, and I'm like, oh, huh. You said that you couldn't sleep because usually you fall asleep to Law and Order and it's a beautiful white noise of Marishka that puts you to bed. Did you try it with Game of Thrones? I did try it with Game of Thrones and it was too interesting. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) Cersei's crazy. Oh my God. Tyron, what are you doing? Everyone's nuts. Fucking Ned Stark.
dark. No, it was great. <laughs> I'm so like 10 years late to the party, but you know, yeah, I think that's for me, honestly, that is truly the greatest thing about weed, about how it just slows me down enough. Even if I have a ton going on, I can just slow down and sort of appreciate what I have in the moment. It just fits into all the stuff that I'm trying to do right now more than ever, honestly, like mindfulness and appreciating every day, all that kind of stuff. It really, for me, that's what weed does for me. Eating a cold pickle. Eating a cold fucking pickle. It truly, it like when you're stoned, I will never forget one of the most delicious things I have ever had was when I was like, I think three gravity bong hits high <laughs> and it was uh frozen uh what the how do, what are they called like those mango chunks like oh. frozen fruit from a bag oh you know what i'm talking no. about like you know if you get frozen fruit in a bag like raspberries blueberries things that sure. you would put in a smoothie okay yeah some like my friend rob just slapped some mango frozen mango on the table let that shit thaw and we popped cold mango in our mouth and oh. ate it and it was the most delicious thing i'd ever had and shout out to weed for making it so hell yes yeah that was a long story that if i told that in public at a party people would be like cool man you so gotta you go cold mango it's a cold mango got it got anyway cool we were doing anything else <laughs> that would be a great story on clubhouse though people would totally be into it they'd be like i know what you mean man mango's the best mercy am i right the terps the terps yeah thank you you're right great we'll be all about it <laughs> that's quite funny i thought that your instagram story post about clubhouse being tears what was it oh it's not my post so i don't want to take credit for it but i did find the post and it is um clubhouse is tier c people listening to tier b people talk about tier a people (laughs) fucking nail to the heart perfect perfect yes sir oh my god that made me laugh so hard because of how mad you were after elon musk hopped on there and then there were like recap rooms just recapping what elon musk said I okay was like, <laughs> is this is this what this episode's gonna be because <laughs> let's lean in i anytime a new form of technology comes out it shows our base level of who we are as human beings uh-huh. when chat roulette came out it was dicks and pussies as far as i could see not immediately no no yes no right away not right, right away. away no way i had a great time on chat roulette for a solid like three months before it became dicks every time so the popularity of it infused it with dicks Yes. Like once it caught on, because maybe you were an early adopter, and then once it kind of caught on. I was a super early adopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really early on. I used to sit in my backyard in Chelsea, and we had a projector, and we would actually hook the laptop up to the projector and project chat roulette up on the building wall, and we would like show, you know all of the shit that was going on all around the world on our wall in Chelsea. That's really neat. For like three months. And then all of a sudden we were like, oh, we can't do this anymore. There are children around and this is all dicks. <laughs> right. All dicks. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So let me refine my thesis statement based on that because you're right. Thanks. When when a app goes mainstream, mm. it shows our base level of who we are as people. Mm-hmm. So it gets ruined. It gets ruined. And in the... And as Clubhouse, I think, has more millions of people on it, it opens up for Android users Uh as it just grows and grows. It's going to become lowest common denominator entertainment, and it's just going to be this Ouroboros of uh, self-sucking that people are going to do for each other until they die. And that's what I see the future of Clubhouse being, unless they start 
adding some boundaries and some rules and regs, and you can filter that out for yourself, certainly. Well, the like, moderator of each room has to handle the boundaries and rules and regs, right? right? But and that's my whole problem with Facebook and Twitter and all of these other ones, is that they're a private company, so they leave it up to the user mm-hmm. to create their own experience, and then they're not liable for anything that happens on their platform, which I have a huge problem with, which is obvious because of Facebook and what it's become and things. But more importantly, Clubhouse is... I see it heading down this place where Elon Musk is on there talking, and then there's a recap room that has 5,000 people in it and people speculating about it. And then there's a recap of the recap. And then there's the room where it's like, let's talk shit about Elon Musk. And then there's the room uh-huh. where somebody's like, what will happen next? What's the future of Elon Musk on? And it's all just this fucking self-aggrandizing nonsense speculation that takes up time because there's nothing else to do and why are we doing it and it's just such lowest form entertainment and so uninteresting to me and that's my biggest fear with something so beautifully elegant and powerful as clubhouse yeah it's just going to become people wanting to hear themselves talk which is why you do a podcast i know but also (laughs) it's 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 just this like recap of a recap of a speculation of a recap that yeah. that goes nowhere for no reason and why. Yeah, it is kind of a weird echo chamber. But I will say that I've jumped into a few rooms where it's just been like a small group of people and we've had amazing fun, like, you know, loose, great conversations like we do on here where it's like, it might be fucking meaningless, but at least we're having a great time. And I think my thing that I've found that's really important with Clubhouse is like, you know, at the beginning I was like, I'm fucking lonely and I miss my friends. And Clubhouse is offering that sense of connection in this crazy fucked up pandemic time. So, you know, if you can slide into one of those small rooms and find some people you like to chat, great. And I also have to say, like, getting out of the weed rooms has been really good. Like, I found there was one that I found that was, like, how to um, spot a narcissist and or, like, you know, surviving narcissistic abuse and that kind of stuff. And I was like, that would have been a very fucking useful resource for me at one time in my life. So I just think there are other things on Clubhouse that maybe we're not seeing because we're, like, always in the weed rooms. I think it's maybe because I'm so tied up in the entertainment industry as my career that when I see a movie get greenlit by Netflix for a script that doesn't exist for a book that hasn't been written but has a star attached and it all has to do with GameStop. Have you heard about that? I know. And and you toil away or not even toil and you see you and you see that that's how things work. Yeah. And then you go on Clubhouse and you just see tier C people talking to, listening to tier B to tier, like, and all of that. And and then it's like recap room and recap room and recap room. And you're just yeah. like, oh, this is so deeply tied to the entertainment industry for me, where we're all just like trying to do something that matters, that we care about. And at the end of the day, the thing that gets the most traction is talking about what somebody famous just did. Yeah. And that to me is. Uh, devastating. Yeah, I fucking hear you on that. I feel like, yeah, for me, it's a waste of time unless it's sort of like a fun distraction. Like, it's truly social media for me. Right, but I can't grab my head around that. I need utility in my in my reason to engage with things. Like, even if it's a friend I care about, like, you know, I have a hard time just chilling out and sitting on the beach because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing there. So when I look at a place like Clubhouse, I love the weed rooms because I'm meeting people all over the world who care about weed and I'm learning about cultivation and it's great. But I'm not, I can't just go there to hang out unless it's with you and I don't know what to do about that because I think you're right. Uh The hang is the most important thing, but if I'm not getting a utilitary value out of it, I feel like 
guilty for being on there. Yeah, because it's a fucking waste of time. Like, yeah. there's okay, so much well, better shit know. to do, you yeah. know? I mean, if you're going on Clubhouse to just, like, kick it, great. If you're going on Clubhouse, like, and pretending it's work, I think you're fooling yourself. You know, Quinn was talking about the Great Reset yeah. in that room, and I started reading about it, and I have a lot more to read before I want to speak on it, mm-hmm. but that was, to me, the value of Clubhouse is connecting with a homie like Quinn, yeah. Quinn being like, you need to look into the Great Reset, yep. and then let's start a room and really talk about it. Yep. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down I mean, with there that. There is something happening and it's really there's an amazing article that I read um about the bridge from and I've talked about it on here the end of the earth era and going into the air era, the aquarian era. Astrologically all of this stuff is happening energetically all over the world. Yeah, there's a ton going on. There's a total shift. And I think the clubhouse is a great barometer for that because I mean honestly you can go on and meet people like Quinn and hear from people who, you know, are just starting out and just figuring out what it is that they want to do who will be shaping culture. So that's a great place to meet people like that, but yeah, I just don't I don't see it as a um uh you know, like money business platform. It's literally just to like kick it. It's clubhouse. Thank you. You know? Damn. Your chill is so refreshing for me. Oh. It's real nice. Thanks. Yeah. I want to hit more Delta 8, yeah. but I'm wary because <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, because it got me stoned and I'm going to hit another like fog brick. We have some fucking good weed treats to snack on right now. I have to say, like, I'm very pleased with the stash that we've got. We've got some fucking great edibles. We've got some good snacks to go along with those edibles. We've got some fucking good flour. It's really nice. Yeah, it's a I'm nice really time. Good about it. And, and now next podcast is going to be like, so on Game of Thrones, and everyone's like, yeah, that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Why are you talking about Game of Thrones <laughs> on your podcast in 2021? Yeah, insane. We're behind. You know, I'm catching up. It's okay. We we just slowed me down enough so I can catch up. Wait, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. We slowed me down so I can catch up. Beautiful. Okay, cool. That's fucking cool. Is that a tagline? Great. TM. <laughs> oh nice nice wait did she say it like there's some fbi agent who's like wanting to use it wait did she say it did she say tm or did we not oh she said it Ugh! she said that she said tm i guess like like we know the law like yeah, the very i don't idea. know the law i don't understand anything i don't understand the economy i don't really know the law mm-hmm. the I, stock you know. looks so easy after looking oh on twitter God. i'm like oh sometimes it go up sometime it go down yeah this sounds easy enough to navigate i i people need water i'm gonna buy some water yeah stock. I, I don't know i did so much reading about like shorting stocks and all that kind of stuff just trying to understand it. and I think the most successful explanation that I heard was actually on wait wait don't tell me great where um Peter Sagal was trying to explain it to one of his I think it was Jesse Klein maybe and um it was really funny because at the end she was like nope that is not easier for me to understand I just in my brain is like a unicorn sitting on a cloud <laughs> <laughs> that's great but he did a really cool short succinct he was like okay Jesse you buy a dress for a hundred dollars and then I borrow the dress from you I go back to the store I return the dress I get the hundred dollars and then I'm betting that the dress will be on the clearance rack in when I need to return the dress to you and I go and buy it for seventeen dollars and I give the dress back to you and then I pocket the difference that's how he explained it. That's a pretty good explanation. I can wrap my head around that. I can understand that. that. Also, sounds like stocks. a lot of work to get a dress for a little bit cheaper. But yeah. I guess in the context of the stocks, it's a it's a lot of work to make millions of dollars and fuck over everyone else. Yeah, there's some people who made so much fucking money, and then a lot of other people who really got fucked. Yeah. So it's fascinating. I'm interested to know more. I want to know more about everything. Can you TM other things? Um, that would be a dream come true. Because you just, if you could... <laughs> oh, what? I know I'm stoned because you said, can you TM other things? And I immediately, I immediately thought like sharks. 
<laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking sharks, about. Sharks, TM. TM. Can you like put a little TM next to a shark and then it's yours? Uh, I mean, maybe, yeah. I just want to get a stamp and go around stamping things, TM. TM. I yeah. think that's awesome. Uh-huh. That's a good like art project for the world. Just TMing everything? Yeah, because that's kind of what... The world is right when it comes yeah. to assets and renewable or non-renewable resources. Everything is just you. You want to own it. You want to have it. You want to mm-hmm. keep it. You want to save it. It's yours. It's yours. And you make money off that thing and you own it and it's yours. A TM stamp would be so dope. If, would that be fun? Yeah, because it feels like a. It feels like something Banksy would punch their fist in their hand and be like, "Damn it! Why didn't I think of that one?" <laughs> That's what that feels like to me. I bet there's an artist somewhere out there who goes around doing that. Putting TMs on things? Gotta be. I'm not looking it up because okay. then it'll be someone else's idea instead of something fresh we, we came up with. Idea, and we TM that idea. And we TM that idea. Yeah, Weed and Grub said it first. TM. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You put a TM stamp on a shark, that would be so rad. I am very tickled by the idea of trademarking a shark. Yeah. Where yeah. would you put the stamp? How how would you put the stamp? I would brand it. Um, underwater no. branding? No, How you wouldn't would you put fire to a stamp. You do like a like a uh, unwashable ink. Un, um, yeah. What is that called? Um, unwashable un- un- ink. Unwashable permanent tattoo. Permanent ink. Tattoo. I would tattoo the shark with TM. <laughs> with TM near its tail, probably. Cool. Have you ever seen when they tag them? It's amazing. They like clip it to their dorsal fin. They're fucking tagging sharks. It's is so the dorsal wild. the middle or the end? The back. It's a back fin. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. What do they just give it an ear piercing? Basically. Basically. Yeah, it's amazing. Rat. Tagging animals is like a whole fucking crazy thing. Ooh, speaking of animals, did you know that there's a tiny chameleon? I just tweeted, tweeted about it because I was so excited. The smallest chameleon in the whole world. It's called a nano chameleon. Stop and it's like it. the size of a grain of fucking rice. Stop it. Twitter is good for certain things. Follow National Geographic. It will change your day. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. A tiny one. Wow. I would TM that too. <laughs> With a very tiny, tiny TM? Tiny little TM. <laughs> I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Put it on everything. Everything. This could be Weed and Grub TM from now on. Yeah. Oh, you own it? I'm, yes, I'm going to put it on our e- email signature. Outgoing. Weed and Grub TM. And anything you send us is also TM. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> we own it all. She's a monster. Yeah. The monster TM. Listen. Yeah. Oh, did you just TM me? No, I just trademarked it as like the monster owning the tm no 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 because you came up with it and you started riding it and now i'd be <laughs> coattailing you and i can't do that i would share that tm with you 5149 see this is where of course now, a woman-owned company you know you're it's a 2021 shark. mike you're a shark <laughs> oh my god it came from a fun concept of being like i wonder if you could tm other things to now she's like so it's a 5149 percent yep. company and i have it's majority a share and, and um yeah i'll be ceo and cmo and cfo you can be secretary fuck you our new tm business <laughs> basically what i just learned is that i got snaked by somebody who's like i don't know anything about stonks and then the next <laughs> thing you know she's the cmo coo ceo ooo OFF. Yeah. DMT. Totally. TM. (laughs) God damn. Savage. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What do you want to do? You want to get to some celebratory buds of the week? Uh, Oh, no. We have to get to uh, 
Root and Rebound. Oh. So important. So fucking cool. Root and Rebound are amazing. We have a great uh, interview with um, Root and Rebound, if you want to go back and listen to that, with Eliana and um, Catherine. Yes. And it was a fascinating conversation. They're both lawyers. So Root and Rebound is their uh, site, describes them as restoring power and resources to the families and communities most harmed by mass incarceration through legal advocacy, public education, public or policy reform, and litigation. They're fucking awesome. And they're super badasses. Yeah. And so they've just released this amazing toolkit um, that is designed to help people um, who have been convicted for nonviolent cannabis offenses and assess, um, re-entering the world once they've been released. So it's called A New Leaf, and it's a collaborative project between Root and Rebound and Viola, Al Harrington's company. And it is a toolkit that's written for people with convictions uh, in all stages of re-entry, and you can download it for free on their website. It's called A New Leaf Toolkit. We will put the link in the show notes. Uh, or you can just go to rootandrebound.org, and it is on their website. And it's the t- toolkit is designed to inform you of your rights and privileges under the law. It has information, action steps, checklists, helpful hints, all sorts of resources, and it also provides tips for returning to the workforce and entering the legal cannabis industry. So it's just an amazing, helpful how-to guide that's been released by Root and Rebound, and it is on their site, and it's awesome oh i love root and rebound i yeah. love al harrington man yeah al harrington's awesome he was um just profiled in this uh documentary called um smoke marijuana and black america and it's available on bet.com great yeah i'll watch it with you yeah i don't want to smoke delta eight though no i'm not here for that i would like to go back to my tried and trues yep and watch it with you some beautiful flower yeah yes. exactly i hear you i think I think that Delta 8 is a great alternative and a beautiful loophole until we get this machine built the right way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I like how I feel right now. It's not for you. It's not for me. I'm yeah. a little bit too foggy and I'm a little bit too low energy where I know that there are other flowers out there that give me the pep Mm-hmm. to my step that I like and I just happen to live in California where I'm able to access it. So yeah. no shade because it is really helpful and important for places and people who can't access the same things we can. But for me, at least this isn't for me. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting that you make that point because like, I think it would be really great for someone who might, you know, have some anxiety because it does feel a little bit sedating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I use weed to relax, but I know that you've talked about sometimes using it to focus and to like be able to sort of like cut through things and feel really clear. Yes. And I was just editing a piece about that. And it's so fascinating because people used to say it was indica versus sativa and indica was sedating and sativa was sort of energetic. And we know now that that's not the case. There is no real indica or sativa. Those are outdated terms. Um, everything is basically a hybrid at this point. And it's really about the cannabinoid profile and the terpenes. Right. And so when you go to Leafly and like plug in, you know, whatever strain you have, you can actually see that they don't do it by indica or sativa anymore. And it's really like about what the terps are, what the cannabinoid profile is, and what works for you, for your focus, might actually make someone else feel like, you know, too high anxiety. Yeah. There's a strain for everyone. So it's like, it's really worth kind of diving into it and doing your own research and keeping notes. Like, I think that's the coolest thing about, you know, when you have access to different types of weed, Try them all, you know, start low, go slow, and, and like keep some notes on your experience, and then you'll sort of like be able to dial in your own sort of, you know, interaction with different types of products. I love that. I mean, even last week's up with Chef Amanda, she was like, when I started getting into the cannabis cooking game, I bought a gram of as many as I could afford, yep. and I took detailed notes on each of them from like sight, smell, feel, taste, touch, smoke, 
high yep. and dialed in great recipes through it or dialing in your own personal experience as a consumer. It was one of my favorite things when I was a judge for cannabis cups to actually be able to like, you know, get a bag full of like 30 different strains and you would have to take all before you even smoke it. Like it was a really fucking serious deal where you would have to talk about the bag appeal, the taste, the aroma, the dry toke, all that kind of stuff, the burnability. And then also you talk about, you know, its effect on you, but it's like, there's, there's so much going on. It's really, truly like, can I ask you about cannabis cups before we get to buds of the week? Totally. Because I was lucky enough to judge like edibles, hybrids. Um, uh, I think, uh, vapes one time, like I loved doing it, but I haven't really heard about maybe, I don't even know about the early days, but like before I was able to like attend them Mm -hmm. and judge them. What was the cannabis cup like then? Oh, it was really, I mean, I went to the cannabis cup in Amsterdam before there was ever one held in the U S and it was, I judged 23 sativas. I spent that whole week in a state of like total fucking anxiety because I was smoking so much sativa. But now I know that it was like those particular strains just were for me very like, like they amped up my energy levels. Yeah. Well, so you tried all 23 and, uh-huh. and at that the time judging they were, was, they were, you know, well, I think it still are. They're still doing it in this kind of funny way where they're like, you know, the dominant sativa dominant or indica dominant or this is actually a balanced hybrid um and it was really incredible because they took it so very fucking seriously when they moved them to the united states they started incorporating lab results in all of the cannabis cups so you would have your judging with all of that stuff that i've talked just talked about with you know taste and aroma and burnability and all that kind of stuff in addition to 60 percent of the results would be from the lab so you're not just basing it on someone's experience of smoking it. And um, yeah, it was, they took it very seriously for That's a very cool long time. And there was a high time scorebook that you'd have to enter all of your results in. So it would be blind. And it was like a really real deal competition for a very long time. And there were people, it wasn't fucking rigged. There were people who would like grow, you know, one small crop and actually win the fucking cup, which totally you know happened most recently. One of the last cups I went to was Fig Farms. Um, California grower won the cannabis cup and he was like holy fuck like because it was no the best idea. it was just like one guy yeah but it was just the best weed and it fucking won because it was the best so for a very long time it was a very pure competition very cool yeah it was really cool it was a really beautiful thing to be um, on the inside of I got very lucky thank you yeah I've always wanted to ask Thanks yeah. so much. Do you want to get to Buds of the Week? I would love to get to because Buds of the Week. Because this is a cheery, we're high horse in it, but we're also chim chim cheerio. <laughs> it's a positive up. I, it is a positive up. There's a lot of good stuff going on, truly. My Bud of the Week this week, your Bud of the Week this week, a Bud to the World, Corvin Cooper. Follow him on Instagram at Corvin Cooper. I'll just read his Instagram bio. No longer serving life in prison for a nonviolent cannabis offense. The dude, Trump granted him clemency. He got out of prison where he was going to spend the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. 40 Tons is his brand with Anthony, which I want to get into, but I know that they're going to be coming on the pod. So we will save that for them to tell their own story instead of me secondhand butchering it. But I just want to say, Corvain, welcome home. Thank you so much for everything that you are about to do and everything you have been doing for the cannabis community. And everyone, please follow Corvain. Learn about his story. Donate to his GoFundMe if you can, because old boy has got to get back on his fucking feet for him and his family. Yep. That link will also be in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Corvain Cooper, that's the Instagram handle. Give if you can. Celebrate the man. 
at least give him a follow and elevate his uh, story. Yep. And he is also um, featured in that documentary that I was talking about, Smoke, Marijuana, and Black America. Fucking right. Yeah. His story is in there. And um, I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome Who's your home, butt Corvain. of the week? Oh, I'm so sorry. Would Say it again, no, clean, because okay. I interrupted you. Welcome home, Corvain. Um, my bud of the week this week is also your bud of the week this week, Ashley Manta. If you don't follow the Canisexual on Instagram, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Follow her. She is a sex and relationship coach uh, who combines sex and weed. The most fun, obviously. It's everything that we fucking love. And you were just on her pod. I was. It'll drop on Sunday. Also, when you said everyone should be following Ashley Manta, I wanted to say, come on. Uh, <laughs> come on. That was the worst laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> her podcast is called elevated intimacy she is just fucking amazing and doing beautiful work and a light in the world and i'm going to be on a panel with ashley on monday um that is with a company called bootleg avocado and ashley and i are joining elise mcdonough of Canacraft to talk about satori chocolates sex and cannabis we're going to have a great time. Chocolate, sex, and cannabis? We're talking about chocolate, sex, and weed in advance of uh, Valentine's Day. I'm going to talk about the article that I wrote for Playboy about how fast-acting edibles are great for a quickie. And yeah. Ashley is going to give some uh, cannabis and sex education tips. And Elise will talk about being a fucking OG in the weed game and the first ever edibles editor at High Times. You this know, is a cool I panel. Think, Monday? A really cool panel. Monday, February 8th um, at 4.30 Pacific time. And we can put that link in the show notes too. A lot of links. A lot of links. A lot of links in the show notes, <laughs> but that's okay. Anyway, follow Canisexual. Nice. Great part of the week. Yep. I want to attend that. You can totally come. Okay. You can totally come. Oh, oh, oh now who thinks oh, it's a good oh, oh. joke? You're a <laughs> TM stealer and a joke thiever. <laughs> And I want everyone to know it as we end this episode. Oh, and let me really quickly promote my own Clubhouse room on Sunday at 6.30 to talk about the upcoming panel. I'll be on Clubhouse with Mario from Bootleg Avocado. And um, you, you, you're going to come, aren't you? I am. I'm going to... You're going to come. <laughs> See, I knew it was funny. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so check us out. If you're on Clubhouse, come hang on Sunday. And um, yeah, you know, we'll go just kick it. It's just for kicking it. Just getting high and kicking it. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Is it time to finally eat some more of these tates? I've been restraining myself because I didn't want to crunch in, you know, the microphone and be like a rude eater. But I have half a pickle and half a tates cookie to get to, and I'm dying. So let's get the fuck let's out get of the here! Fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Um, you can email us at wgweedandgrub.com. Our Instagram is at weedandgrub. I think we're like three followers away from 5,500, so that would be pretty fucking cool. And leave a five star review on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave me alone. That's it. Leave me alone. I don't know. Wow. How do you end? Um, I love you. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.